you know, ultimately maybe down the line, you know, we could put Aqua on the blockchain and it could serve a purpose, but it, it didn't make sense at the time. The only thing that they wanted was to do a token sale because that was the hot ticket. Let's do a token sale. We'll make a bunch of money and we'll forget all our problems. And it's so, it was so compelling to him that he completely neglected the product at a certain point. Hello everyone and welcome to the Encrypted Podcast. Encrypted is the Middle East's first and largest podcast dedicated to blockchain and crypto assets. I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Balaghi. Now remember when ICOs were a thing and everyone tried to do one? Well, we have a guest who followed the advice of his team, particularly his CTO, to raise money through an ICO before things turned really sour. Hear how the story of Anthony Goldman from Aqua managed to squash the ICO plans, save his company from failure, and what his key takeaways were from all the drama that unfolded. Also, I'd really like to thank those who've been supporting the show. And remember, you can support us in any way possible. You can subscribe, rate, and review the show, share in the podcast, on your social media, and any other way you feel like supporting. And now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Encrypted. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here back in era 2071. Now usual place. With me is Nick Watson as ever. How are you? Hi guys. What's up? Not much. Uh, well, I've been up to a lot. I went to China. I'm going to India next week. I was in, there was also another place I went to. I can't remember. Anyhow, I've just been like, I'm like out of it. I get to go to Riyadh tomorrow for three days. Yeah. It's going to be an experience. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's like Dubai. Yeah. yeah. 10 well, years ago. Exactly. Fun. There's a reason why I'm not going to Riyadh with him. You're supposed to be going with me to <laughs> I'm Riyadh. I'm supposed to be going. Anyhow, we have an interesting guest from the USA with us today, Anthony Gelman from Aqua. Say hello. Yes. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. I'm in the middle of getting my roots in Dubai. So this is uh, everything. Everything is a new and interesting experience. He's what we call fresh blood. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Dubai fresh blood. Very can, fresh. Can very obsessed. You, uh, I mean, the bread, the, those cells are still red and vitalized. Oh, yeah. you define that. What does fresh blood mean? Fresh blood means you've probably been in Dubai less than two years. Yes. I mean, uh, by his standards, it's less than 30 days. Yes. So Te- technically, so just very, over, very, just over 30 days. I think yeah, it's prior to being born. Prior to but being born. But it's good. He's a couple more months and then he'll be like a born, born again human in Dubai. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we have Anthony on Encrypted because we we were connected via a mutual friend and he's got an interesting story, which we like as always on the podcast. And we thought, yeah, why not? We'll get you on, share a story. And I I liked it a lot. And so, and there's also many lessons we could get from that story as well. So essentially you founded this company called Aqua. You guys are meant to... You could explain what Aqua is in a bit, but essentially we meant to do an ICO. Something happened, right. some, one thing led to another, and then you sort of realized that that wasn't the best way to go. So yeah, I mean, let's start off. So I essentially founded the company about four years ago when I left Win Las Vegas, and I wanted to enter this space to really redefine people's expectations of a traditional property management system. 
the, the legacy systems out there really just are essentially guest management systems and they're not really giving you what you should expect and what you really need to run a massive hotel or a small hotel or anything like that. So it's been obviously quite a roller coaster starting, starting your own company, hiring people, firing people. And that was like we were saying, getting into the ICO space was quite a turbulent time for myself and my company. In a nutshell, I, I had to let go of my CTO. So that happened actually just over a year ago here in Dubai. And the reason being is because we, we stepped into the ICO space and I, I intentionally was hesitant. I didn't really think that it was the best case for us to go that way. But my CTO was so obsessed with crypto and token sales. He, he was adamant that if we, if we entered the space, that we would absolutely get more than enough funding that we could ever need. And of course, at the time, you know, we're always looking for funds. I, I, I went along with it and it was quite a interesting story. Essentially, he, he became obsessed only with the token sale side of the business and neglected the software. So there was a, basically a hiatus in development for my software which was obviously a problem. So I had to make some pretty massive adjustments. My, my tech team, my tech guru, my guy that I depended on, my first employee, and I had to, I had to you know, get rid of him. And it, was, it wasn't too easy, but actually through it all, and coincidentally through the, the crypto space, I met a lot of really significant people, some really great people. So Chuck Goldman, he, he's actually our, stepped in as our new CTO. And he put together our new tech team that is actually leading us to this day. So things have really, really turned around since then. But uh, I had to go through quite a dark moment to, to get to this. I'm interested to hear what was the actual ICO pitch. That I was well, like, oh, yeah. What's the yeah. timeline? And yeah. so when did you do your ICO pitch? When did you okay. go, oh, let's just do an ICO? So this was, this was just over a year ago. It was about August in 2018 when we were approached with a, right, which was very late to the, to the oh yeah. yeah <laughs> I, that was my first comment. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was like, <laughs> it's a little bit late. It was very late. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But, you know, we were approached with a, a, bit, a Bitcoin investor who wanted to purchase some Aqua tokens, right? And at the time, obviously, we, we needed financing. So it seemed like essentially if we were, I created a completely separate entity to do this. Okay. So I, I kept it as separate as I could other than basically using the name and the logo. And basically we, that, that it's, it's really funny because one of the, the hardest things to do was convince everybody together to get on the same page of what that pitch was. So we we started to kind of craft something that made a little bit of sense but ultimately it never really it really just didn't come out to anything and and the main gist of it was that we were going to tie in our PMS platform to tokenize the guest data all right mm -hmm. and then basically incentivize guests to use our platform to book to you know get good into restaurants and then that way the hotels could understand the guest preferences and that sort of thing. So that that was essentially the the pitch for the ICO and why we wanted to go with our utility token. And it, it, again, it never really I'm I, I'm really really passionate about the things that I'm into, and I never could really grasp it. But my team was so so into this, so captivated by the whole token space that it it seemed like well, it doesn't really matter if if the idea isn't completely sound because everybody is so into crypto right now that no matter what we do, it'll be fine. We'll be fine. And at the time, I really, I really trusted my CTO and I, I, I went with his, with his guidance and, uh, yeah. What was the, the expected raise? Oh, 
I mean, it went all, it was all over the place. They, I mean, at, at one point they were, we were expecting between 50 and a hundred million dollars, something. Yeah. It's crazy. Totally insane. And, and with, and with that exact, like with my, that exact level of confidence, well, you know, we were going to, we're going to tokenize the guest data and it's going to be great. And it's going to be awesome for everybody. Like, what was the point of the token itself? Like, so, okay. So my, my understanding essentially, <laughs> okay. Cause I, yeah, it, it basically it's, it's, it would basically serve as, as the platform for hotels to move away from third parties, which is actually compelling. Okay. Hotels are kind of trying to move away as best they can from things like Expedia. So the OTAs. It, the OTAs, okay. right, right. So we, we were going to step in and be the new sort of middleman and, and put that power back into the hotel using this utility token. So that was, that's as sound as it will ever, as it could ever be. I mean, there was a whole white paper and everything, and that's really all that I Marketing could get Marketing paper it. or white paper? Well, we had both. We had the white paper, we had the one pager, we had all of those things. So how technical did your white paper get? It, w it was pretty specific in terms of like, you know, where the gain would be and, and how the hotels would benefit and how the guests would be benefiting. And it actually, it was detailed enough, but it, when, it, when you tried to summarize it, it didn't really make any sense. It didn't make sense that a hotel would share its private guest data to us, to Aqua or to any other hotel for the sake of, of the guests, you know, benefit. It just, it doesn't make sense. Like if it, it, it never really, it never really fundamentally was, was a strong idea and I could never really go for it. I was just more frankly interested in, in the side of it. Well, we no question. We're going to do a to that the token sale will make us so much money that we'll figure it out was the, was so how the, long did it take from initial ideation of an ICO to canceling the ICO? So I, I fired him October 30th here in Dubai. So it took October. 10 months? No. So basically August, September, October, three, basically three, three months. Oh, it was a three month yeah, period. It was, oh, it was you're, quick. You're, okay. It was very Just fast. like ICOs up and then down very <laughs> yeah, quickly. Yeah. Well, essentially once, once I realized, I mean, I'm, I was here in Dubai a year ago and we were demonstrating the app to very, very awesome individuals. Okay. And it was me and my CTO. And I, I remember the moment, you know, we were sitting with this hotel owner and there were, there were bugs in the app that I had never seen before. And we had, you know, worked it out before and it, 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 these things were not prevalent. And we had already had it running with our client at the time for a year and a half. So it didn't make any sense to me. And, you know, I remember my CTO was like, oh, we'll fix it. And I'm just like, there's, dude, what do you mean? We'll fix it. Like, this is, this is it. Like, we just did it. How does this happen? And it, the reason that we were having those glitches is because he was completely focused on the ICO side of things that he wasn't doing the proper QA. He wasn't following up with his engineers on, on the changes that we were making. So ultimately the, the product suffered. And, mm. and that was, that was really, really difficult for me because I, we had a lot of things lined up and set up and it, there was really no excuse for, for the, for the behavior yeah. of the app at the time. So, so the, um, the technicality of leveraging blockchain or integrating a token was not the reason for the product going a little bit iffy. No, it was lack of attention. Correct. Okay. Yes, exactly. Like it, it really put a, unfortunately put a kind of a sour taste in my mouth for, for all the, this sort of blockchain thing. I, I, I really, I know that it's a compelling technology and I know that there's a lot of sophistication and, and, and benefit behind it. And, you know, ultimately maybe down the line, you know, we could put Aqua on the blockchain and it, and it could serve a purpose for the, the security of the data and the, you know, but it, it didn't make sense at the time. The only thing that they wanted was to do a token sale because they wanted to, you know, that, that was essentially, that was the hot ticket. Let's do a token sale. We'll make a bunch of money and we'll forget all their problems. And, 
it's so it was so compelling to him that he completely neglected the product at a certain point and basically just let let it be which you know this is a this is a living breathing operating system it's not like i call, i refer to it as an app you know it's it's much more than that it's it's several different modules designed to run a multi-million dollar hotel like it's not something that you can just ditch and and let go because you know you're excited about a, a little token sale yeah that's super interesting. I, I guess this sort of showcases the lesson that you shouldn't be doing an ICO for, for the sake of it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And attaching sort of words like blockchain and all of that to a specific product in order to raise that amount of money. Right. Did it even have any blockchain elements other than the token sale or the, the sort of the guest data sort of thing? That that's... No, there was really, n I, I mean, my understanding again is it would be, it would be on the blockchain. Right. And this would be better for us because it would make the data transparent and everything would be recorded. And at the time, it really didn't like it's hard enough to, you know, pitch hotels new technology when they're stuck on these legacy mm. systems. Right. So I was simply trying to sell, you know, conventional new software and adding the blockchain onto it just made it way more complicated than it needed to be. It was just it really didn't make any any sense at the, at the time it really didn't it just basically came down to you know let's let's get into this and we can we can make a lot of money with with our token sale and you know they liked they liked my name and my logo so let's let's push it and and okay. see, and, and it'll work no Did you end up getting any money so no um, other than other than basically we had an initial investor that bought a certain amount of aqua tokens for for a bitcoin transaction which was just totally ridiculous. And this, this Bitcoins, it never even came into the company. It, it, like they went directly to my CTO. So he like dealt with it all. Mm. So that was another thing that was kind of very, very interesting. And essentially I, I fired him and then we, we gave him the Bitcoins back. And then that was, that was, that was okay. the end of my connection with them. I've come to understand that they actually attempted to continue the ICO because again, they were, oh yeah, they were, they were so truly obsessed with it. They, they continued to push marketing for, for a few months. It's now it's totally dead, but you know, it, they pushed marketing. They actually told our, our mutual friend that I was fired, that they oh, had, that, yes, yes. That they fired me from my own company, my own two companies. That, that I have the majority, like that it didn't make any sense. And they tried to continue moving forward with the ICO and it didn't, it didn't obviously didn't. So as the boss of the companies, what are the lessons learned? <laughs> you know, you have to go with your gut and I was really, really not feeling it. And everybody, you know, my, my chief operating officer at the time, who's also no longer with the company and my CTO were so so obsessed with this i felt like okay you know if i if i don't believe in you guys and and then you know what what am i how am i you know i it basically yeah I, I needed to stick with my gut and i needed to actually lead my team and and i kind of let them tell me that they would that they'd be able to handle this for me and i i also was very impressed with my cto at the time he you know was a younger guy and he was very technically savvy and he did a lot of work for aqua you know initially so I felt like, you know, this is a space that I don't really completely understand. And I'm trying, here I am trying to understand it as best as I can and apply it to what we're doing. And I just couldn't, I couldn't connect the dots. I really, I really couldn't. But he was so, so compelled that I, I felt like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll give you this chance. I mean, you proved to me that you could build the software that I wanted. So 
let's see, let's see how this goes. And at the time, you know, I, I, I structured it at a completely separate company. So, you know, we could have both running simultaneously. And then initially we were supposed to continue development and keep development going. And, and unfortunately he, you know, neglected, yeah. neglected that. So. Nick, would you have invested if Anthony came to you? In 2018, year. not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, right. Maybe not in, a chance. Right, right. If he comes to me in the summer of 2017, yeah, I would have thrown a few things there because it would have made money. <laughs> the token would have just gone up exactly. for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Right. Zero use case, and that right. would have uh, got my return on investment. Right. Anybody right. would have. Right. Yeah. I even remember, you know, there was there was a, a shit coin, right? And they're all shit. They're all, yeah, they're all. Yeah. So I, I learned, you know, <laughs> what, what people, right. What, what, one of the things that people did was, oh, you know, you'd put this number on your website for how many donations were made. Right. And one of the things I, I, I realized that my guys were doing was inflating that number. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, there weren't actually people. I mean, I, I think maybe like 10 people bought tokens and it was such, such an insignificant small number. It was, it was irrelevant, but it didn't matter. Like he, he pushed the number up on the website, like totally lying, like to make it seem like we had traction when we totally didn't. Nobody was buying it. It was, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> like we would have bought it, right? And it was the timing was wildly off. Uh, so off. Yeah, completely. Bitcoin His, from six to three K. Right. Yeah, no one's gonna Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I started to realize that in the beginning, you know, okay, yes, I remember when when Bitcoin became a, such a boom to talk about and everybody was so amazed by the Bitcoin millionaires and all these things happening. And and we were very late to that. And I that was definitely one of the main concerns of mine. I brought that up and they just said, you know, no, it's not over, it's not too late, we're just getting started and la 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 and I technically I fell for it, so yeah, it was it was quick though. Really, really three basically just those three months, and then I was out. We were done, and that was the rest. The, the rest is history. So life, cool. life lessons are always important. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, exactly. And like I said, you know, actually going into that space, I, I met a lot of really great people. Chuck, my new CTO, mm. uh, who's leading my tech team right now, mm. he is a tremendous man. He used to work directly for Steve Jobs, and now he's he's on our team. So this is like this is amazing to me. And he actually was able to because I I had several developers uh, employees that I had to let go of because they were they were his guys. They were. Um, my former CTOs guys, and you know Chuck was able to to come in and, and fill those those spaces. So we really we really had a very limited downtime before we were able to get get up and running again and make things happen. And now we're actually generating revenue, and we have clients. And I'm I'm here in Dubai expanding my my footprint to become a mm. global company. Okay, so yeah. great, awesome, and yeah, I just wanted to sort of follow up on that and see like how are you guys doing now after that. Yeah, so it was it was definitely very very tough. It was really really crazy. I I really had a, a lot of moments where I was just like, you know, how, how can we how can I continue doing this after we had this disaster and how my main you know tech guy I trusted him so much and he totally essentially betrayed me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went out and <laughs> told people that he fired me, which I'd still get a kick out of. Mm. But I surrounded myself with the right people and you know moving forward. <laughs> And we've been able to really, really come out with, with a great, a great product. And, you know, my original pilot property, they, they started paying us. So that was like a huge, I remember like, I got the call, like, I was like they're going to pay us. Like they're actually going to pay us. No way. You know, <laughs> cause we had been giving it to them for free yeah. for like almost two years at that point, two and a half. And 
And just to just to hear that, like it was so, so finally well after two years. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we ne we never actually our arrangement with them was mm. that we were going to give it to them for that single property of theirs for free forever, just because they're letting us pilot it. Mm -hmm. So essentially, as we started to expand to their other properties, they they agreed to start paying us. So right. it was great. So we're still working out, you know. So how, yeah. Well, one other thing, I mean, it's always like you just mentioned about surrounding yourself with awesome people, right? Regardless of what industry or as an entrepreneur, was it you fell into you? You were lucky to meet those people, or you knew who you wanted to meet, and so you went about and actually went sort of to meet them. What was your strategy there? Because well, I think this is important for for anyone who's listening, whether they're you know running their own company or. Because it's all about the people that you're associated with. Yeah, you know the the chemistry between the people that you work with is really really important. Mm. And I essentially, you know, Chuck came into my life in the in the very beginning of this whole ICO entity, right? And and basically he came on as as an advisor through one of our other advisors who gave who connected us with the the Bitcoin guy, right? So essentially, once I realized who he was and and how how significant his his work history is and what he could bring to the table, I I pursued him to become much more than just an advisor. So you know, in the mm. beginning, he really had. I remember telling, I was like, Chuck, like what we're doing, it's like the iPhone, but for the hotels, okay? And he was like, Okay, Anthony, you know, <laughs> like whatever, right? Just like you know, let's 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 see how this goes, right? And he didn't really know too much about the blockchain side of things. It was more just having his association with the company. But through through us working together and and me depending on him, we really developed a great connection. And he's an incredible mentor and now CTO, and he's he's just amazing. So I I, I I've always seeked those kind of people, but it's really difficult to, you know, understand exactly mm. who is going to end up being really on your side and not. That's no, true. Uh, so you, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very risky out there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not always that fun, but, you know, finding the best people out of the worst situations is a good, is a good outcome, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I, so. I'm sure Nick has had a lot of experience yeah, in that. I, the, only thing I, the, the, the major thing that I found with people that traditionally in the blockchain space is that if you start out with one solid, solid contact, mm. the like a trusted node that has the right capacity, you will get other well-connected nodes to it, right? Right. So that's the kind of, you start out with a bad node, you're only going to meet bad nodes. Exactly, right? exactly. Predominantly, because that's what they, they associate with and that's how they operate. Right. Whereas I think even Ahmed as well, he's surrounded himself with a lot of people that are dependable, mm. reliable, right? Which is open doors for him and it's open doors for me and I've had my connections that have all come together and eventually it works out better for you. So as an entrepreneurial story, it's always good to start out with a, really, really trustable, stable contact. Right. That can then open your door and walk away from anybody you cannot. Right. Exactly. And yeah, it's it can be hard to 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 walk away, but you ultimately have to to do it. You if, have to if do that's it, yeah. what's necessary. Yeah. And it was uh it was a lot. But a major catalyst too was an investor that we're working with out here in Dubai. We were having a meeting at the Jumeirah Golf Estates and it was like a four and a half hour conversation, due diligence, right then and there, he had his tech team, you know, asking us questions and it was me and my former CTO. And I'll never forget, he, my, my former CTO, who I keep just calling my former CTO, he, he got up and left about an hour and a half into this conversation because basically this, this investor like called him out 
like, what are you, do what are you doing? You know, essentially like you're, you're, I see, I see right through you. You're just here. You're making Anthony pay your bills. So that way you can accomplish your dreams, but you're not actually, you're not, you're certainly not his co-founder. You certainly don't have a shared vision. You know, Anthony's silent about blockchain and you seem to be on and on and on, but I don't see how it relates to, to Aqua, to the, to the fundamental software, to what you're trying to solve. So yeah, he, he got up and he got up and left and went to another meeting, which was BS. And the next day he went back to the States and I had a meeting and I, I, and Chuck was on the phone. Actually, I call, I called Chuck to like talk to him about this. This is like one of like our earlier, like heart to heart conversations. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> like the, what, like, this is what I feel like we have to do. Cause this is not, this is not moving. He's totally obsessed with this. Uh, you know, with this yeah. blockchain side of things. And, you know, and then I made the call right there. And yeah, so. So I guess you're not speaking anymore of your former CTO. Not really. No, no, <laughs> no, not really. No, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan, especially coming to find out that he, you know, he, he went around saying stuff about, about me in the company that, that well, number one, they tried to, they tried to use the, the name and everything. they tried to just run it without me which is obviously number one, stupid, but number two, like completely non, they don't own any of the company at all. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make any sense. And then to come to find out that they were, they were saying things like I, I was the one that was fired and that I embezzled money from my own company. It just, you know, very, like you said, bad notes. Mm -hmm. So these are, they're not really the best, unfortunately the best people. And I, I wish I had seen that earlier, but I really needed my, my tech and, uh, mm. You know, so it's, it's yeah, <laughs> quite well, a roller coaster. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Great story. Well, I guess we have a couple minutes left. I think you want to talk about the, you wanted to grill Anthony more on that. The hotel well, side of yeah, things. Yeah, the hotel side of things. <laughs> All right. All right. So in hospitality, there's a, there are a lot of PMS companies, like yes. saying traditional ones. You have some other newer generation companies coming up, like yourself. Um, and then you have companies like Exxon Protel and all those guys that are marrying a lot of technologies together and mm -hmm. trying to be, where do you sit in all of that? So essentially what I'm trying to do is, you know, right now, Aqua does not do any of Opera, for example, their core functionality, right? Uh, check in, check out, point of sale, booking. I've stayed away from all of that. That's, that's a lot of the revenue management space. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of the traditional legacy system space. And then I, I have, I call a lot of these new startups, uh, opera clones, because essentially they're just the majority of them are, are coming out with basically a new opera that has an updated interface for a dramatically cheaper price, but no new features, nothing revolutionary, nothing happening. So there, there are a couple competitors out there that I've seen that are doing something similar to me, which basically has, has essentially validated what I'm trying to do is, is, is the right move. And that is pairing an interface with uh, legacy software that gives you, like I've been saying, the, the actual operational controls. So your housekeeping, your paperless housekeeping system, a real solid rapid response engine that, you know, where you put in a work order and you don't have to wait till the load bar goes to 90%, 91%, 92%. And then, you know, it's just, that's a mess. I'm referring to another one that's, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so rapid response, that, that sort of thing, preventative maintenance, engineering, general communication, messaging, VoIP, video chat, and, and also like an HR engine and scheduling. So those systems like at Win are, are all different, right? So they have PeopleSoft, they have Hot Sauce, they have Opera, they have Time Locks, they have Kronos, right? 
And essentially, I wanted to blend in what I considered to be the weakest parts of any hospitality operation. Those, those are what I consider to be the weakest. And merging them together in one platform and offering that as a single solution is a very, very compelling offering. And eventually, my, my goal, the entire vision, is to be able to completely replicate the legacy software. So I, I should be able to offer point of sale. I should be able to offer check-in, check-out, and booking down the line. But for now, that's where I wanted to kind of get in to showcase that you know this is how this is how you should run a hotel. And then down the line, eventually, you won't need to have the legacy software anymore. Cool. No, All right. Yeah, no, I, I find the hotel industry like a very... Um, it's very ancient. Is it? Yeah, like, it's very far behind. The only very. thing in the hospitality industry that's actually changed yeah. are the OTAs. And then they've gone and eaten everybody's lunch. Right. Okay. So, exactly. Booking.com, yeah. Expedia. When I think of hospitality, I just think of like my rewards app. Right. I'm just well, getting rewards from, you know. There's nothing innovative about the hospitality exactly. industry. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that. That's a lot of the hotels, coincidentally, are, are really mostly focusing on that sort of, sort of thing. Mm. If, if anything, if they, if they are really diving into technology, they're like, okay, well, how can we make things easier for the guest and not easier for the employees that are running the mm. hotel? So that, that's my main focus. You know, Aqua is the glass of water for people in hell. And those are the people that are that are operating the hotel. It's not an easy job, no matter what position you have. Yeah. And you need something that actually helps you do your job and not complicates it with you know several different systems, 15 usernames and passwords, and yeah, hell. So if you're gonna start doing messaging and all that sort of stuff, what are you gonna do with those companies like Whistle and all the other companies in the messaging space? So, well, okay, so we're creating basically a, a, a text engine to allow both guests and, and employees to be able to communicate with the system, just like you would like a Siri or mm -hmm. uh, Alexa. So that way you can you can actually send na your native commands into the system and it can kind of process them mm -hmm. for you, whether that's somebody ordering something to their room or, hey, I'm, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm calling in sick. This is me calling in sick. That's that's kind of my my edge on it. I want to okay. I want to be able to to offer that that solution as opposed to you know a sort of diet like a basic. It's, it's a company that's it's amazing. They basically they have pretty much every hotel on the strip. So instead of call the, their catch is well now you don't have to call your manager to mm. call in sick, and we'll track all your FMLA for you. They don't really track the FMLA. They never actually provide any any compelling information that you don't already know. Like when it comes to your employee not being there. Mm. So you're essentially paying for this service so that way you don't have to take a phone call. So that's that kind of stuff. It, these these things need to be automated. They need to be in the same system. Mm -hmm. When I was an analyst, you know, I had to do reports every single day. I had to go into Opera, I had to download a report, I had to go into Hot Sauce, download a report, Kronos, Time Locks, so on and so forth. And and at the end of the day, I got, you know, after after hours of getting and collecting and cleaning and putting this data into Excel. I got one snapshot of what the hotel looked like at the time that I had pulled each of those reports. And, you know, it's already outdated by the time that the report is done. And it's only one part of one piece of the puzzle. The, the, the solution is, again, to have all of those data points not siloed so that way you can access them together and then not even have to run reports for things that are basic that are you know that you should have at your fingertips so that way you understand your operation better so essentially you don't need it anymore unless yeah i my uh, my position at at wind shouldn't exist there, it doesn't make any sense several actually of the positions it's there it's a non-digital world 
Right. I mean, there's plenty of middleware technologies out there for sucking in data and data warehousing. Mm. And then you're having your BI layers on top. Question is, depends on who, which organization you're working with. Right. Most right. of the hotels can't afford to data warehouse or to consolidate, clean, keep live data. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they rely on their disconnected systems and they just have an employee downloading stuff. And yeah. they don't know any better. For them to go and do it, they'd have to have the idea. And then they have to find the talent to go and do it. Mm. So it's just easier to stay old school. Right. Yeah. Right, because it's been working right. right forever, right? It's not efficient, and it works, but it's not efficient. Right, yeah. but they don't. They may not care about that little bit of inefficiency. Mm -hmm. Cool, awesome stuff. Any last words from you, Anthony, before we finish off? Well, I just thank you guys for having me. This has been awesome. And if anybody out there is listening, just stick with your gut and go. There's with loads of people listening. Yeah, Anybody listening to you? Yeah, yes, sure, yeah. no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no problem. <laughs> just, just make sure that you you do what you want and you know stick to your dreams. And if if something feels fishy, it probably is. So don't do it. Okay, <laughs> even especially if it sound if your guys are just completely compelled to something that really doesn't make sense to you, then it doesn't. If it doesn't make sense to you, then don't do it and find a way. Because if you if you really believe in it, you will find a way to make something happen to make it work. And I've I've had many many times where I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? How can I overcome this? And mm -hmm. and I did, and we did. So you can too. Great. But your CTO didn't. My CTO didn't. <laughs> he didn't. And he lied. And he said a lot of really not not so good things about me and the company. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. Well, thank you so much for thank coming you. on. And for those listening, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't subscribed, you can still subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And if you haven't rated the podcast yet, make sure you do that and leave us a review. Thanks a lot for listening.